everyone, welcome to Mrs Techie's Technology Classroom for this week's episode. This week I'm going to be talking a little bit about some professional development opportunities that exist out there for teachers who are working in the technologies field of, of teaching and learning. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the opportunities for teachers to do short courses or get um, some qualifications. Also, some places that you can look for help online, places to access webinars, um, lesson plans, and those sorts of things. Obviously, there is a wealth of information out there, so I'm just going to let you know about some tried and tested ones that I have worked with and have seen success um, with other teachers accessing that information. So, let's have a look and see what we've got on this list. So, the first thing I want to talk to you about is the opportunities for teachers to meet with one another. Of course, you might have a professional network nearby or work under a cluster, and so you might already be able to access teachers um, to talk about the challenges that you're having in your classroom, to share your successes, and to ask for assistance. And if that is the case, that is so wonderful for you. If, however, this is not you, and I know when I started out, it was really rather difficult for me to get that sort of collegial conversation happening because no one I knew was doing digital tech or design tech nearby um, and people weren't familiar with the national curriculum and the standards there. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a few things that helped me to get started and build that professional network around me. So the first thing was um, our local high school does, uh, developed a cluster and one of our local primary schools took on the role of um, sort of administrating that cluster. So I'm forever thankful to the people over there at, at East who really put together the opportunities for teachers to meet with one another and have conversations and share resources. So they're actually probably the people I've learned the most from and it's been really wonderful to be able to pick up a phone or text someone and say, look, I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? Have you tried it? Do you have any resources that I could share, borrow, use? Um, and so that has been really wonderful. And I appreciate how privileged I am to have that background there to help me out. And I hope that over time, the years that we've worked together, hopefully I've been helpful back in the same sort of ways. Um, if you don't have that and you can't get it started for whatever reason, perhaps your school is quite remote, maybe you just can't find the right people, there are some really wonderful opportunities for teachers to get together. So the first one I could talk to you about is um, iEducate. So this is a Queensland-based uh, conference that happens each year. This year it's happening in August, so keep an eye out for that. It is worth registering. Um, basically, everybody goes down to Brisbane and they go to the convention centre. Now for me, that's uh, over four hours of driving, so I, I chose to fly down on one day and take the train back the next and stay in a hotel in the city. That's pretty easy and not too expensive. Um, and I really think it was worth the money for me. If you are um, located closer to your city centre, I definitely recommend that you go. Um, it, it is a little bit expensive. It's a couple of hundred dollars for the registration, but totally worth it. Um, they basically had you know, some keynote addresses and those sorts of things. And then you could nominate which classes you would like to go to. Um, and there were people running workshops for teachers with some really practical um, information, some lesson plans and ideas to get you started. I went to a range of different workshops because I wanted to make sure I covered some bases. I wasn't sure if I'd get to come again to this sort of workshop and I wanted to make sure I banked up some activities for me to work on to keep my brain moving ahead and some things that might be in the more immediate future. So 
I went to a workshop on using iPads more effectively. We were we had some iPads that weren't being used in the school at that point in time and I knew I wanted to make sure that they were being accessed appropriately and that we could keep our students safe, engaged and learning across a variety of KLAs because we all know that ICT skills should be embedded across every KLA and I wanted to make sure that I had some strategies to work towards that. So that was quite good. Um, they looked at a few different apps that you could get. Um, we took our iPads into the workshop and we're actually able to download them in real time and, and play with them. So that was quite good. I, I don't know that I learned a whole lot there, but there's certainly um, were opportunities to chat to people in our vicinity. And I really made some great um, uh, partnerships there where we swapped ideas and, and showed what we'd been working on in our school. So that was fantastic. I went to another workshop that looked at getting the arts and English embedded um, in our digital curriculum. And so they were workshops based around short filmmaking, um, recording, using apps um, like GarageBand and stuff like that that would enable students to work creatively using existing technology. So those were fantastic as well. I also went into some, um, uh, it was an iPhone app creator um, workshop. Now I wasn't quite ready for that one at the time, um, but certainly there were lots of people helping, floating around and helping. Um, I also looked at some other uh, workshops that were aimed more at sort of year 10 science teachers looking at using digital tech to uh, create sensors that worked with code that students had compiled. Again, at that point, it was a little bit over my head, but certainly I've been able to revisit um, the resources I collected and have got that under control now. So, you know, my point is that there's a whole range for a variety of different um, career stage teachers with different technology skills and even if you didn't learn from the workshops there were just fabulous opportunities to talk to other teachers and also to access some of those other support resources that are around so was at that particular um, event that I managed to find things like you know the e um, safety commissioner's office. Um, I talked with the cyber safety team that works in Ed Queensland and managed to hook up an opportunity for them to come and talk to teachers, parents and students at my school and that was a really very important project that we undertook and I feel that it, it was a really worthwhile project as well. Um, so you know those sorts of things. There were opportunities to see um, competitions coming up that I could steer students in a direction in my code club um, to access and learn from those competitions and um, you know be part of a bigger world out there and of course there were great sandwiches and um, <laughs> there's a couple of days away from school to really concentrate on one key learning area and so that was really rewarding in and of itself those couple of nights I spent away from my family too I could really digest what I'd learned there um, and take that back to not just my school but my cluster. So iEducate happens each year. As I said, it happens in August this time. Um, and there are also a number of other similar type conferences happening. So I know each state has their own. And as far as I know, they welcome teachers from other states. So that's a, a nice way to write off a trip to Melbourne on your tax if, you know, if you wanted to go for a couple of days and, and go to um, their particular incarnation of that type of event. And there were also um, there are also some other ones as well. So EduTech is probably the big one. Happens in Sydney. 
I haven't been to that one. It is a goal of mine to get there maybe next year. Um, but teachers I know that have been have said how fabulous it was and what a range of experiences they had there looking at tech at all ends of the spectrum from no cost to, you know, some of those really fun, uh, quite expensive robotics type activities that we all hope that we'll get a grant to um, implement in our school. Um, I know that at those events too, they often share details of lending libraries. Um, and actually that's one other thing that I found at iEducate was that State Library had programs um, for uh, community groups like schools to access and we could borrow some tech from them. There were also places like STEM I Am that catered to Indigenous students um, using digital technologies and those sorts of things that sometimes are a bit tricky to find. So I'd recommend going to one of those events if you possibly can. Um, of course, I've talked about STEMX as well, and that's a really wonderful um, program that you could apply to and go to. And um, I'd really encourage anyone who's interested in science and tech to, to think about that one, applying for it and um, heading off to Canberra for a week in your summer holidays. So those are wonderful. Um, okay, so for some other big opportunities, um, there are, of course, Microsoft have their own suite of resources, modules, webinars for teachers. Some are free, some are paid, um, and there are a whole lot of opportunities there for teachers to upskill themselves. Um, I don't always like um, promoting commercial programs because, you know, obviously they're there to make money from us and I really feel that it's important that educators work together, that we share our resources before we go off and, and pay other people to, to tell us how to do things. I, I think nobody knows a classroom like a teacher and when you're learning from other teachers, I really feel that that's the best professional development you can get. But in saying that, most of our schools, I know Ed Queensland and other states have been looking at using um, Office 365 um, to... Um, in our schools. And so if you really want to make the most of that investment that our department has um, put there, then perhaps some of the Microsoft courses would be a really good way for you to work with the existing technology that you've got there. Um, so their courses range from about one hour to three hours, and you can choose the ones that you like. Each of them give you some points, and so you can earn points and get up the levels, you know, Microsoft Educator level one, two, whatever. Um, so if you're someone who likes to set a goal and um, and really schedule yourself to get some work done, that might be a really positive thing for you to look into. Um, they have assessments at the end too, so you really do need to be paying attention while you're you're doing those. Um, Google for educators also have a range of courses and modules. I haven't looked too much at those yet. That is on my list of things to do um, because. Um, at our house we're actually a, a google home and my husband who's in tech uses um, our home to test a lot of google products so i feel like perhaps um, some google pd might benefit me not just in the classroom but at home as well our house is almost fully automated at this point so we are using the google tools quite regularly um, for turning on and off lights and TVs. We don't have any remotes anymore. Um, we can see who's at our door and use um, our Googles to um, communicate with one another, schedule things and like I said, just turn things on and off around our home. So I am. it's on my list of things to do in the Easter holidays to have a look at those Google um, opportunities for teachers. 
Okay, so those are the big two. The other big one that's free that I really would recommend having a look at is the Digital Technologies Hub. So this is a, a website that has been set up in 2016 purely to assist teachers um, with the rollout of the technologies curriculum in their classroom. So it's been written specifically to meet the needs of the Australian curriculum. And for that reason, I say it's free. You know that it's tried and tested by teachers, written by teachers, and it does meet the needs of our curriculum. So this one to me is the best place to go. They have resources, things like lesson plans, print, uh, you know, uh, worksheets, um, videos showing you some activities. They also have webinars and the Facebook page for the Digital Technologies Hub is fantastic. Um, you can just, you know, use that page to keep yourself up to date with things that are new and improved on the site. But if you have questions, queries, or you've got challenges, you can also approach people on that site and they will jump in and help you straight up. Um, and I know it's a really collegial place. It's really wonderful to hang out in that Facebook group and, uh, you know, to, to just to keep your mind going in that digital tech realm. So to me, that one is fantastic you're going to get webinars you're going to get handouts you could sit down with a group of teachers and learn something implement it and come back together and and um, talk about the challenges and successes that you've had there all right so another place that I found really useful not just for upskilling myself in digital technology but in a range of teaching places is Coursera so initially I downloaded the Coursera app because I had some students in my classroom who'd been diagnosed with dyslexia. And I know that dyslexia is not an approved um, condition on our list um, for students to get support, um, but I, I really wanted to make sure that I could meet the needs of those students in my classroom. So I found Coursera, which is an app. I've got it from the um, App Store. I'm, I'm an Apple products user. Um, and so I downloaded that and I could actually find some really wonderful teaching um, opportunities, um, uh, sorry, teaching professional development opportunities to learn about dyslexia and how to cater to those students in my classroom. Um, from there on I went and did autism and then one day I was really trying hard to work out how I would fully implement coding into my classrooms and I was in the process of getting a coding club up and running in my school and I thought hang on let's have a look and see if there's any digital tech workshops for me to attend and there was and there still are so the one I did was the University of Edinburgh and it was beginning um, coding it was um, aimed at teachers run by a university University of Edinburgh of course there was that accent because the lecturer was Scottish um, and so you know it wasn't without challenges um, it didn't directly relate to our curriculum but there was certainly so many opportunities for me to grow as a teacher in doing that course. So Coursera, you download the app, you can access a range of courses for free. My own children at home have accessed University of Berkeley songwriting courses, like I said, teaching opportunities there. Um, let's learn Mandarin before we took a trip overseas. And so there are a range of courses that you can do for free. They do have a traditional university type setup where there are lectures, there are activities that you need to do and you might need to send in your um, uh, work to a tutor. Most of them because they are free, you are sending it in to a peer and you're doing peer review processes along the way. 
I had a friend luckily who was doing the same course at the same time so we could peer review one another. I was a little concerned about the privacy and security issues of sharing with someone who might be anywhere in the world so I chose not to use the peer review on there but I could access all of the webinars, all of the resources and activities there and that was wonderful. If you do happen to finish one of those courses which you may or may not you might take what you need from the first few sessions you can either walk away and pat yourself on the back and think well done I finished that module or course or you can pay a fee to get a certificate emailed to you a digital certificate and then you can use that for your PD hours or to pad out your CV or whatever you're doing the course for so really recommend having a look at some of those they're always changing and the fab thing is that often those courses are repeated so if life gets in the way and you don't get to finish a course um, when you log back in next time it'll say this course is starting again on this date would you like to join where you left off and so you know you can set it up to push notifications to remind you if you're that sort of person um, so I'd really recommend having a look at Coursera, fantastic. Um, the one that I did was called Code Yourself, an introduction to programming. And um, I worked through that a couple of years ago and it was worthwhile doing just to get myself up to date with some of the terminology and the background concepts behind coding. So speaking of background concepts behind coding, um, some of you, if you've never done coding in your classroom before, are really gonna love CS Unplugged. Um, the website there has been set up with resources for teachers to use in their classrooms and they're, they're always um, able to be done without any devices at all. So basically kids are given some challenges, some rules and then they have to solve those challenges and in the process it's designed to make sure that they do some thinking that is computational thinking type thinking. So that um, those skills are then transferable when you do begin to teach coding with them um, later on down the track. And for that reason, doing some of these activities in your classroom, if you're new to coding, are going to do the same for you. They're going to give you some ways of thinking computationally that are going to be able to be transferred across and, and sort of a common language that you might use with the kids as well. So CS Unplugged, check it out. It's csunplugged.org. And um, it's really wonderful to have a look there. There are some videos if you get stuck really understanding the instructions and about how you're going to really run that lesson. You can have a look at a video of someone else running a lesson. There are printable lesson plans if, if you're at a career stage where you're needing to provide lesson plans to somebody. So you can grab that and work through that. There are handouts and activity sheets. So there's just a wealth of information there if you're wanting to get started or you're helping someone else get started in there they're they're pretty bulletproof um, and I really recommend using those um, while we're on the, the subject of you know places to go to learn uh, a lot of us out there probably started with the MIT website looking at scratch um, and the MIT website does have some resources for educators as well um, there are some educator guides to teach you how to get ready for and run scratch workshops so if that's where you're headed have a look at those and there are also some um, resources for creative computing. I haven't actually gone there and had a look at those yet, but I'm sure most things that, well, everything I've seen that MIT does, they do well. So if you're looking for some computing um, ideas for your classroom, I'd head there and have a look. Um, the last one is another Queensland based. It is commercial. Um, so um, it's called Coding Kids. It's codingkids.com.au. It's run by a young teacher who 
heads up and down the coast running professional development for teachers. Um, they're not free professional development, but they are face to face and she does um, talk the talk and walk the walk. So I think they'd probably be high quality. The way I've accessed um, her PD is actually through some of the educator workshops that run over the holidays. So last year I had the pleasure of coaching some teachers in teaching digital technology with the gradual release method where I taught at the beginning of the year and gradually handed over responsibility of the teaching to the teachers. Some teachers weren't ready and I just um, held their hand and modelled some technology teaching the whole year through. Others were ready to jump in and so we we team taught um, for the majority of the year. So that was a really wonderful experience and some of those teachers were hungry for more they wanted some more confidence using terminology and over the summer holidays they um, Kona kids ran what they called an educator sprint and so each day for a week there was a 10 minute workshop webinar followed by a quiz that you could do and then you got a certificate at the end to say you'd done 50 minutes of professional development in digital tech and that you you know you could use the, the terminology effectively and that sort of thing so that was a really worthwhile activity that a number of teachers I'd worked with last year chose to do and, and said that they really enjoyed that. I did alongside them. It wasn't too much that was new for me there, but certainly it was good as a refresher and to sort of make sure that the people you're working with um, have a similar understanding. So that was quite good. So that pretty much brings me to the end of the resources and opportunities that I've personally tested. Um, there have been other things along the line but um, I certainly don't want to recommend anything that I haven't tested already myself. The only other thing I could recommend to people and you know it, it's a little tricky too is that some of the places that we buy from like MTA they will often if you ask they will come up and run workshops for educators as well and they actually really seem to enjoy that showing you know what can be done with the products that they have in their catalogue. Of course, it's, there's a sales pitch attached, um, so just be careful with that. But um, they really do invest in their um, staff to make sure that they know what they need to um, show teachers. And they're really great at listening to teachers as well and taking on the feedback that we have and, and research, if we've got questions, going off and researching that and coming back to us with that feedback. I've had really wonderful experiences with MTA running workshops. Um, particularly with the robotics, um, if you're new, it's really tricky to think that you might invest several thousand dollars um, in a product that you haven't really had much use of. So knowing that some of those companies will, will back up their products with some PD is wonderful. So don't be afraid to ask for those things. Um, often they're there, um, you might not know. The, the only other thing is that there are some wonderful community groups that also will help out in terms of getting those devices and digital resources. So last year I had the pleasure of working with State Library Queensland. They had a message stick program where they were sending a really expensive, lovely NAO robot out into communities where communities were recording an Indigenous um, concept from their area and then that into the robot and then that would be sent to State Library and archived. So in our case, we borrowed the robot, um, the local people in our area, the Tarabalang, their language is being resurrected at the moment. It has actually died out and it's being um, resurrected um, with a, a group of really dedicated Indigenous leaders in our community. And so we were really lucky. Our school 
sang a song and we recorded that for ABC Education Archives and then the following year we borrowed this robot and with a group of, of boys from year two and year three and year four I was actually able to help them record um, a message with the robot so the robot greeted people in the Tarabalang language and then when we had done the coding and robotic uh, coding of the robot we videotaped the robot doing that greeting, explaining a few words in the local dialect, and then we sent that recording to be archived by State Library. Now, apparently there are other lending libraries out there. I know the CESA MOOC, the University of Adelaide. I haven't had much to do with that, but that's certainly another area um, that you could go to to get some professional development. I've been told it's really high quality and you will get a certificate from it also on my to-do list um, and they also have a lending library so you can borrow say 12 Sparrows or some Edisons or something like that um, for a number of weeks and then post it back at the end of that time so um, don't feel that you need to buy everything there are absolutely opportunities to borrow um, and even if you know another school you, you might be able to both invest in some equipment and six months on six months off um, trade that equipment with one another if your bosses are amenable to that sort of sharing and um, professional development. So keep your eyes open. Professional development opportunities abound and I will certainly make sure that when the opportunities come up, I'll pop them up onto the Facebook page there. Um, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send me a message. I try to get back to people as quickly as I can. Um, and if you, on the flip side, see any great opportunities for educators, please don't be shy in sharing them with us too. I'm, I really like the fact that um, the digital technology teaching community is really close-knit. We're not competitive. We work together. I mean, don't get me wrong, people like to show off, but they're always really happy, happy to help one another um, to succeed as well because why are we doing this? We're doing this because we want our world to be a better place. We want the learners in front of us to be equipped to solve the challenges that are facing Australia and the world and we're really interested in seeing the world change in positive ways so it's really a lovely community to be part of and thank you to everybody who um, is out there coaching, encouraging and um, sharing with me. Have a great week, thank you for listening, I hope it's been a little bit useful, um, check out some of those PD opportunities and let me know what you think. Thank you very much.